All right, Mots, we are back. Episode 145 of The Rink Shrinks. What do you say? You ready to go? Let's go. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online. It's a Texas showdown in the postseason, and Bet Online is your number one source for all your baseball wagering info with up to minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals for the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on statistics, news, and odds. We have everything you need to stay up to speed in each league championship series all the way to the World Series. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Mots, uh, catch-up time from the weekend. I'm sure you were uh, in a rink like I was. It was uh, it was a busy one here at the Yandel household, but I was able to catch a bunch of games and uh, all good stuff. How you doing, my man? Doing well. Yeah, we're uh, we're up at uh, your alma mater in Cushing, uh, you know, Ashburn, New Hampshire, Mass. Yeah, yeah. And had a couple uh, tilts You pay a visit there. to the statue or no? Oh, yeah, I kissed the ring. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. It was uh yeah know we I walked around saw the uh, the old team photos by uh, front and center with the the C on his chest you know it's tough good stuff. haircuts back then too I think my junior year they, you know a little little shaved the head welcome to the to the team <laughs> type stuff yeah it's only here it grows back for most. Yeah. yeah, it's starting to dwindle up top for sure now. <laughs> getting to that age. Luckily, when we were younger, it was a different story. Yeah, we had uh, you know, a game out there and then uh, got back. It was a, a, a good tilt back and forth, 2-2 tie. And then I um, was able to catch the Bees game and the Blackhawks game um, mm-hmm. that night. And uh, actually took in Ted, too, with uh, Courtney Cakes on the couch as well. You know, So it was wow. a nice little Saturday night. Old, <laughs> old school, huh? Yeah. So we uh, had it all. Yeah, so it was a good, uh, you know, relaxing night, and then back at it, up and out early, made some, um, you know, English muffin uh, to go breakfast sandwiches uh, for Ryan and his buddy who had had slept over. Nice. We had a nine thirty game back out there, so um, yeah, hit the road and uh, came up on the losing end on on Sunday. And the one thing probably that really... the breakfast sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, it you know the the mod specials. I kept mine in the uh, the tin foil until I got to the the rank, and I, okay. mean, I I had a nice experience. That's I'm all I sure you did. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully you didn't uh, fry the egg, you know, over easy, and and it squirted out all over your <laughs> shirt. No, but I was uh, crop dust in the bench a little bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so. That's the thing about those early morning games, especially yeah, you know, if whatever Saturday night transpires, you gotta blame the kids. Yeah. I'm like, oh, who fought it? Yeah. You know? <laughs> What's that smell? So, um, yeah, we uh, we got out there and then eventually uh, made it back uh, to watch a terrible pass game. I mowed the lawn and then watched nice. that pass game that was just uh, ridiculous. But overall, yeah. uh, you know, just a lot of travel and uh, those two games. And uh, But Brooke only had one game. So, um, you know, it was kind of a light weekend. Uh back here other than just driving back in our fourth to Ashburnham. Yeah, the old Route 2 special. No, that's good. Same thing here. We had uh, 
few games on Saturday. We were able to, you know, I'm trying to even think back, started the day um, at one one game down in Bridgewater with my 11s. The, my uh, Collins U14 team played at the same time, so I couldn't get to that. And then I headed out to uh, just beyond Cushing, actually. I should have called you. We could have, we were probably driving by each other <laughs> on Route 2. I went to Gardner, Mass. Uh, Brian had a game out there. Then on the way back, we caught the the BU versus uh, the under eighteen team, which was uh, it was you know it was a tough one for BU, which you understand they had. A, I was able to watch a little bit of the BU UNH game on Friday night. I don't know if you caught any of that, but that was a good hockey game. UNH really competed hard, and BU's obviously got a target on their back, being the number one team in the country. And it was you know I was proud of my my Wildcats. They uh, Coach Souza had the boys competing hard and. Um, capitalized on some power plays, a lot of goal scoring. I think the final was was 5-3, but that was a great game Friday night. And went over to BU Saturday, like I said, and um, you know, was able to take in the, the second and third period of that. There was a bunch of kids from each of uh, you know, my younger two boys teams over there. So that was, you know, it's like it's the perks of living around here, uh, mm-hmm. being able to catch some of those games and just stopping in and again and uh, you know, see you see so many hockey people there and catching up with people and so many scouts are in the building, like all the all the, uh, you know, the trench coat mafia that every every scout has to wear, like, you know, Lululemon dress pants and then like a black jacket. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just like it's like, can somebody. It's protocol. Up, yeah, it's like it, it's like it's a uniform. It's like, oh, let me guess. You're a scout. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, and it, it, I think the only one, uh, Billy Ryan, uh, our boy Bill, was you know the only one that kind of spiced it up a little bit. He had he had a little different flair going. He looked like his wife probably dressed him, because uh, <laughs> and he looked sharp. He looked he, he looked great. But it was good. We were able to take that in. So much young talent on that USA team. Obviously, Eiserman, uh, You know, he had five points in the game. Um, so I guess like even though BU lost the game, they had. Uh, and and the youngest Hudson, I get the, all the names confused, but he had a couple goals. He's going into BU too, so playing against his older two brothers, and and so it's like BU won no matter what because I think you know all their their future recruits played such great games. But you could see that game being a little bit of a, a it's just a tough game for a college team to play against an under eighteen team that's really hungry and obviously has tremendous talent. I saw some. Um, you know, the kid Hagen that's going to BC and, and uh, Teddy Stiga like that, you know, so it was pretty cool. They had like the B a couple BU guys commits playing together, a couple BC guys. So uh, good stuff. But the way those teams, they moved the puck, it was uh, it, fun hockey to watch. It really was. Yeah. A little bit of a trap game for the BU uh, team, you know, you, yeah. you're getting out there just kind of exhibition type, but these guys are playing, you know, to prove a point and you know, that, that type of skill level, I'm sure. Was on display in in, uh, in Aces there, and I went to a game a, a few years back. Uh, it was the BU under 18s, and then I went to Providence, and Matthews was out there. I think I told yeah. this story before, but it was like when I first started scouting, right? And I was like, "Hey, uh, you know Jerry Buckley, uh, a former guest of ours." I'm like, "Yeah, who's that number 19?" And it was <laughs> it was Matthews. He was like, he's yeah, pretty. He's pretty yeah, good. He's pretty good. <laughs> He's like he's projected to be number one overall pick in two years. So yeah, you, you got a good eye, Mots. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, but but Mots, thing, you got you 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 got a real eye for talent, kid. But the thing is, he didn't even get the puck. Like he swung away and gained speed, like away from the puck. And I was like, oh, I kind of like, right. you know, that 
you know, play away from the puck and, you know, getting speed and getting, uh, you know, through the neutral zone or whatever. He never got the puck, but the, it was just funny. They were just beating me up about it. But, uh, but yeah, as far as, you know, like the messages that over the weekend, um, kind of want to get back to this. It was like, you know, competing in the right areas. You know, mm-hmm. like we have a very, we have a good team and, you know, we talk about this stuff all the time about defensive zone coverage. Right. I was like, Hey boys, if I was, coaching against this team i would say hey go stand in the slot and you're going to be open <laughs> you know there's got to be m- multiple layers right and you got to have help from different areas um so i i just tried to make it a point to to let them know that there's the d zone is non-negotiable and then you got to compete when you have to compete stopping and starting in the uh, d zone and then like around the blue lines talk to brian leach about it like we played his team you know mm-hmm. talk to andy powers about it we played his team it's like the same messages Message, trying to be yeah. sent to these these kids and uh you know some kids just you know seem to think that you know it's the split season i'm not going to really put my full effort in but there's people in the stands watching right yeah. and that's like one thing that you always want to do is you know put your best foot forward when you when you put your equipment on and especially when it matters and when i when i talk to the guys i'm like hey listen Everyone wants to play at the next level, but if you kind of put in a half half ass effort, then you and expect the same results of some of these guys who are putting in the work, you're not gonna see the results that you want. Or and, just sit here next to me on the bench and and get crop dusted all all morning long. Yeah, like if right. that's the if that's gonna be your, your compete. Yeah. I mean, taste, just, taste that egg sandwich I just ate in in the, in the parking lot. Yeah, and I'll just say that the, the other part of that is like just making the plays when you have to like overhandling pucks just drives me insane. And mm-hmm. especially when it doesn't work, you right. know, you right. got to learn from your mistakes and you know, the, the messages from the coaches have been pretty consistent. And at the, at the, uh, the end of it, you know, we've had some success when guys kind of buy into what we're trying to accomplish. And then, so it was a little frustrating game on Sunday, but um, you know, like Andy Powers said was, you know, competing isn't cool. You can't put it on Instagram. Right, right. And I'm like, yeah, and he's a classic. Yeah, you know, he's a quote, quote machine. Yeah, he's the best. But I think that's like kind of, you know, pretty appropriate at times where, you know, it's not but the Mott cool thing that. to do sometimes. And, and I think it's funny. Every talk to you, every coach you talk to, and I walked in the rink Sunday morning at, at you know, for a 1030 game and Jay Pandolfo's son is on the team and Jay helps out when he can, when he can be at the games. And, like he literally had the same message about his team on the weekend. You know what I mean? So it's like whatever team decides to figure it out and, and compete in the defensive zone and play, and not just like want to rush the offense and cheat the game. Like that's the team that leads to success. And he, we were talking about it too. Cause it's just like, you know, obviously it's number one team in the country. And, and, you know, I'm like, my message to him, not that he's listening to me, uh, he knows a hell of a lot more about coaching than I do, but it's like, hey, I'd rather get those things out of the way at this time of year versus, you know, this right. happening in, in playoff time in February and March and, and things like that. So your message is spot on, and I think that's like the common th- theme for everybody and in the, in the, the teams that figure it out are going to be the ones that have success and, and the players that figure it out the quickest are going to be successful as well. Yeah, the other side of it though too is you know you're playing against very good competition, and you just be tough to play against. Yeah. And it's not about like being ultra physical; it's about taking a good angle with a good stick and just being just a pain in the neck to to 
play against. Like you stop on a puck. Like I used to love when I would curl back and someone was go for a flyby instead of yeah. stopping and and kind of reattacking. So it just it was just like a eye opener for me where you know when you know it was an early game Sunday whatever you know you, you give them all these excuses but ultimately you want to you know play your best and I'm trying to give them some of the answers to the test all right and um you know so when the execution isn't there you know to, yeah even when you win it's always the coach you know it's all coaching and then when they lose it's on the players yeah or as my father used to say blame the parents <laughs> blame the parents on the losses <laughs> Um, so how about the Sunday you, you spoke about Sunday. So I had a Sunday and a half in terms of hockey, you know, how that, that, you know, we all have our kids that play hockey and, and, you know, I'm sure there's many hockey parents out there that are listening to this or find themselves in the same boat, but I had four games between the three boys and I could make all four of them. Mm. It required some effort and some miles on the car, but it was it was a, a 10.30 in the morning over at Daly in Newton. Then it was uh, up to Essex for a 2 o'clock game with, with Brian's team, to Wellesley for a 4.40 for game number two for, for Collins team, and then a 7 – how about this? A 7.15, which didn't start till 7.30, p.m. game at Merrimack to cap things off on Sunday yeah. night. So that, That's a banner day. Yeah, like you talked about mowing the lawn and watching football. I yeah. turned on the Bills Giants game last night when I walked in the door and was eating my my you know chicken cutlets that that were left over from the night before at ten thirty at night. Literally, uh, that's relaxing though. Yeah. At least you were able to wind it down. Yeah, I was able to wind it down, doze off on the couch after after you know while I was dethawing under a blanket. Uh, but it was like you know, and, and every hockey parent out there knows that battle and that grind and it's like you know you sometimes as a parent right kids turn off your ears like you almost wish there's a little bit of an overlap so you can't make something yeah. uh like, just oh, be- get that thing over the over right the place you know but it was uh or, or just like two games at the same time like you know you hate to have to pick one but but you know whatever you you alternate and do the best <laughs> but it was good to see all the kids and i wanted to give a shout out to my 2011 team did uh qualify over the weekend for the uh, Pee Wee Quebec tournament, which yeah. uh, was a, a you know shout out to those guys. They worked really hard all season. We had a we you know we we beat the uh, the Bandits on Saturday. That kind of put us in to um, you know the top two teams in the EHF uh, qualify. So that kind of secured us in one of those spots. And then we had a great battle with the uh, the Islanders on Sunday night, and they actually beat us one nothing. But uh, it, it's I don't think they have secured things yet. They have like one more game left before so, but um, it was good. We kind of got the official word this week that, or, or I'm sorry, on Monday that we were qualified. So hopefully barring, um, you know, barring any, uh, you know, unless COVID comes back, we, you know, my own nines, they qualified a few years ago and we weren't able to attend because of that whole deal. So hopefully, uh, you know, this will be a, a memory of a lifetime and obviously i you know i'll, I'll probably they'll probably still remember me from the 97 championship i oh, won yeah. up there you know what i mean that the yandel jerseys floating around oh absolutely yeah <laughs> i mean that they always celebrate the champs um but yeah we gotta probably just take a trip up uh oh yeah a, a group you know you gotta get the ring shrinks team up there and we got alan who can translate you know francophone 
into English? Well, Keith did. Um, my brother and sister they did French immersion for a couple of years too. So, so he might be able to help as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, um, I I think that would be a, a nice little uh, road trip. You know? I think it'd be a, a, a serious road trip. We got to mark it on the calendar. I think we could, you know, we, we would talk to some people, but I think it would be a great spot. There's obviously, you know, hundreds of teams that are up there and it really is a cool experience, um, you know, from the hockey, uh, you know, the hockey front and the competition is, is fantastic. But then the overall experience and taking in the, uh, you know, the culture up there and, you know, the, the outdoor events, the ice, you know, ice luges and, snow parks different things like that different experiences i've been you know lucky enough to be up there a couple times i went up there with uh, my atlanta team when i was running that organization down there too so i'm really uh really looking forward to it and and uh you know it'll be it'll be a lot of fun and i think yeah we i think we might have to get a you know a nice little rink shrinks booth and get some content going get some yeah interviews do with these kids. exactly exactly I now think, that'd be money absolutely so it'll be uh that's coming up in February. So yeah, it's kind of like, all right, we got to get the, uh, you know, the fundraising started and, and get these kids all looking shop for the trip. And so excited for my 2011 junior Terriers team and, and, you know, my son Liam and his crew and Dave Cooper, who I coach with, he puts a lot of time and effort into it. So it's, it's, you know, it's a fun group. It's a great group of kids and parents and a lot of talent. So we're looking forward to it. Uh, that's going to be great. Yeah. We'll have to uh, put our heads together and, get some uh some documentation going you know absolutely. right from the beginning here yeah that'll be great absolutely uh let's talk about franklin sports the official street hockey pot partner of the national hockey league check out their line of nhl street hockey games and training equipment at franklinsports.com today yeah these guys are official street hockey partner always work on your game you can they have the, all the street hockey gear and uh training equipment that you can uh, think of so that you can work on your game away from the rank. Make sure you check them out at franklinsports.com. Um, we can touch on the NHL a bit here, Mott. Obviously, it was great to see things kicked off. I know the you know Bruins centennial season that that got kicked off. You said you were able to watch. Did did you say you go you went into the game or you just you just watched it? Yeah, I just watched the uh, opening night. It was great. You know, all the uh, alumni that I skate with. Yep, they had a uh, you know a big you know event on tuesday last tuesday mm -hmm. um up at calhoun where guys from different generations came together and had a nice uh nice dinner and a, a nice event there and then they brought it into uh opening ceremonies uh for the opening night for the bruins and you know just talking to some of the guys it was just really cool to be able to catch up with old teammates and and some guys that maybe played before them you know it's you know hockey players are hockey players and you know, just to, to, you know, like Brad Park, for example, you know, there was a couple guys that didn't get a chance to play with him, but he was around and, you know, kind of like catching up with, with different people and, you know, um, you know, kind of idols, guys that you could look up to. And um, even hearing it from guys that I looked up to, it's kind of neat because that's just like the the way it is, right? You look and, and try to emulate your game after a certain player and then you get to meet them and, you know, hockey players, you know, are cut out of the same cloth. So uh, really cool for the Bruins centennial season and uh, they'll be celebrating it throughout the season, but that was a special uh, week leading up to the opening night and that, especially the opening night. Did you say you went up? No, I, I didn't go up. So I, I had that golf outing and Ray Bork left from there to go oh, okay. to the, uh, yeah. to the yeah. event. He's like, you coming? I'm like, nah, I gotta, I gotta. Hold no, this but down. save me, save me a poo poo platter. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> 
Yeah, I could use that after Calhoun. this golf tournament. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Talking uh, about crop dusting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, no, it looked really cool. And obviously you see, you know, just around here, you're getting the different clips of the uh, – I know they had the the opening night, and then it looked like some type of gala or gala, whatever it's called. And um, Bruins are off to a good start. And it was pretty cool to see – Connor Bedard get his first goal. And what was it? Is his, I saw a clip. Was it his uncle or great uncle or something? Also, he played in the NHL and he scored his first goal for, uh, against the Bruins. Did you see that? Yeah, I heard, I, I saw that stat. That That's pretty good. I think it was his, yeah, great uncle. Or his great grandfather or something. I think it was great. We should probably know this. Yeah, we should probably know it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. So with Bedard, it's like, you know, he's saying, we'll look it up. We'll look it up. Yeah, we'll we'll have our stat team on it, but um, yeah, like he's just been pretty electric as a young player, you know, like having him get the first goal, you know, in his second game, it's pretty great. And then you know the Boston fans were were happy for him, you know, there was a lot of cheers and you know just to see uh, kind of history in the making there because he's going to score quite a few goals uh, in his career, and um, you know there was just you know you see like really some some bright spots and then you know i'm watching closely on on saturday night and you know like he's a shooter and right. you want him to to shoot against the canadians uh on the power play kind of you know shooting to score and uh ended up being like a breakout pass and he did not really put too much effort in getting back and there was a short-handed goal scored against and that's mm. like something that you know i i picked up on you know like the, the announcers aren't going to beat him up but you know there's small little details like that that you know are won't fly in the nhl right right it doesn't matter how many uh i mean as a young player i mean how many goals you're going to be scoring you got to be able to be somewhat responsible um you know on a play like that in that uh situation so anyway it was just one of those things where you know a young player gonna make a ton of mistakes you gotta live with it but uh he's an exciting player to watch for sure and that's the tough part about being in the limelight too, right? He's exactly. had, I mean, the only one getting more publicity on the TV is like Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Which is um, like enough. Enough, enough. And I actually like Bedard's the same way. And, and he's had some great quotes too. He's like, hey, like I'm just starting. Like, I, you know, why, why is everybody to, you know, like I still have so much to prove. I'm 18 years old. It's, you know, the, he, he was kind of like downplaying his own, um, yeah. you know, like, greatness i i would say and not that it's greatness yet but like he's like hey like you know i still have to earn things in this league which he, he seems like a really mature kid for 18 years old in in the nhl and it was his great uncle james allen came through on the clutch yeah. here uh 22 games in chicago between 1949 and uh, 1951 so really cool yeah that is a cool uh little link uh to you know family ties and just the game itself but yeah, I think you're right. And you know, a lot of this, you know, media publicity is just driven by the media. He's just trying to do his thing. Right. You know, it's a different time now with like so much like social media and uh, access, and you know, um, you know, just kind of like coverage in, in in particular. But he said, you know, if I was me, like you know, seeing how much I was out there, like I would be sick of me too. And <laughs> and that's like pretty pretty neat to hear. Just he he has a good head on his shoulders and. We wish him the best, like just kind of like figuring out his game and, and finding his his groove because th they do have some pieces there in Chicago. That everyone says it's like a complete rebuild, but they have some good veterans and, you know, they're going to be competitive in most games. And, you know, if they can click on the power play and get some good goaltending, they're going to be 
pretty competitive throughout. Absolutely. And Taylor Hall, obviously being a former number one pick, like he knows the pressures of it. He came out today and, um, you know, basically said it, it's a little bit of a distraction with all this media attention. But, hey, that's what the media does. That's what people do. Look at us. Not that we consider ourselves members of the media, but we're sitting here talking about it for, yeah. for, for you know, 10 minutes. minutes so, yeah, right. 20 minutes later, we're still talking about the kid after saying we should stop talking about him. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it is. It's distracting. And Taylor Hall being, you know, he was an Edmonton number one overall pick. Uh, you know, he went through it with with so many different guys up there, right? Hall was with with McDavid. And I think he even when, uh, was in Jersey when um, Jack Hughes started, right? Like all these different number one picks. Eichel up in Buffalo. Um, you know, so he's kind of seen it. And you can see that, that it, I'm sure – gets a little bit distracting but you know what this kid's uh he's been in it he's been in the limelight since he was god uh you know at the peewee quebec tournament when he was 12 years old basically mm -hmm. yep yeah so we just uh sit back and watch and enjoy right so. enjoy exactly but i think it's uh time we head on over to the mailbag let's get into it i'll take the first question here obviously a lot of feedback with hockey season uh it, you know, in full swing here, a lot of questions. So we'll try to get to as many as we can here. So uh, maybe more of a potential topic other than a question, but want to get your thoughts on siblings playing hockey, specifically close in age brothers and how it can affect them. My boys are going to be 10 and 12 and are 100% completely different. And I have noticed a trend on their teams as they have uh, multiple siblings situations like this. Firstborn seems to be perfectionist. Secondborns are not nuts. How does this help them or hurt them? I'm sure there are plenty of players that would have sibling stories to share. It's a good topic. Yeah, no, it's a great topic. I, I think it's, you know, there's different uh, kind of situations out there that you know, maybe prove to be more beneficial or, you know, you see some success from maybe the older one or the younger one. My personal experience, I had an older brother and I just wanted to do everything like him. So I was just, you know, fixated on watching him play. And he was a very good player. Rob was, mm -hmm. um, you know, earned his earned a D1 scholarship and, you know, just was just a, a strong defenseman. You know, and had a bomb of a shot, was tough. Handsome. And, yeah, <laughs> handsome. And, uh, you know, I would just try to learn from it. And then, you know, the gap wasn't two years like th this, you know, example. It was five. So it was just a little bit bigger gap. But he would allow me to play. And that made me play up and, you know, like with his buddies, you know, on the ponds or in the street hockey uh, games that we had in the driveway or down the tennis court. So for me personally, as a younger one, I just needed to keep up. And I think that made me better. And, you know, there was a lot of information that I could process from watching his games and his teams play. And I think that helped me personally at a very impressionable age as my development, you know, from like mites to squirts to peewees. Yeah, no, I think uh, great points. And I mean, I can talk a little bit as the, the older brother, right? Keith's three years younger than me. So he was that, that Mike model, like you just talked about, right? He was that tag along kid the kid that we were playing street hockey on Fairbanks road was, you know, Hey, you're playing net. Um, you're playing, you know, we're playing pond hockey, whatever it was we were doing, he was trying to be there. And, uh, we sure as hell, you know, he was one of the younger kids in the neighborhood. So we, we, we beat him up pretty good. Um, yeah. you know, it was, it was getting the net and 
he tried to keep up and you could see he was a kid that that just um like you talk about learning that compete like that's what he did he just like learned how to compete and had that fire in his belly and if he was if he was losing or you know we were beating up on him it was like he was trying to you know two-hand everybody around <laughs> he was he was just willing to to you know just pay the price and do whatever it took to keep up and play similar to what you said so um you know with me personally like it, it you know you don't think like i don't think about it ever as a kid right it was just we just went out and played and yeah his little brother like yeah if you're here you're gonna play and you're gonna be uh included with the guys i, I you know really cool story actually um last weekend or last monday was the holiday here right and you know um colin had a couple of his teammates that that you know, they all played in a little roller hockey tournament and it was, you know, just down at Gavi Park here with some neighborhood kids. And he brought in, a, you know, a couple of kids from, uh, you know, from, from his team. And they like Liam's two years younger than those guys. And, and those guys are like, Liam, you're playing with us too. Right. And it was like a three on three tournament. So he was like the sub in guy, right. He was the guy yeah. that, um, you know, that, that, that filled in when they needed him to. And I'm like, you know, and I gave him like calling the speech, right? It's like, hey, you know, look out for younger brother and and, and all that type of stuff, right? But I thought like I, it, those little things are life lessons, and I think so important. And they learned the hard way. They, you know, I guess they they played pretty well in the in the little tournament, right? And the other team, they're like, hey, if you don't want us to slaughter rule you, like you guys take Liam for the final. <laughs> they suddenly they sent Liam packing for the final game, put him on the other team. I like I like you guys are unbelievable. Um, but you know it was it, it was cool and, and again, I think like I, I love that type of stuff and um, obviously Brian's a few years older than those guys and you, you, you want them all to get along and bond and stuff. but in terms of like different teams and dynamics, like I think all kids are a little bit different, right Some, you, you see it some like older kids don't take to it that quickly um i've found and you know the younger brother like is is at the rink and just like looking up like i, I mean god i look at like i look back now and like liam's 12 years old but his like first you know we have memories of him like with some of these kids that are that are on his team that they were like newborn infants when brian was in 06 and like you know it was he's five years older than him right so they was like literally in a carriage at the rink going to those games. And then same thing with Colin. So it's like those kids, they just like a lot of them, they just glued to it. They just love it. Cause they're the, the younger brothers. They know, are, yeah. yeah. It's like all they know, you know, they, they just, any rank, like I always say to Liam, like, I'm like, I take him everywhere. Cause I'm like, Hey, who won this game last night? You know what I mean? He like right on it. He's watching games. He's like, <laughs> You know, I'm watching the game with you know Collins game with him on Sunday, and he's like, "Oh, there's this guy, there's that, oh that." Like he like knows everything about all these kids and players. Or hey, there's the coach of of, of uh, you know this prep school, and I'm like, Jesus, dude, like these kids, he's he's, <laughs> he's plugged on top. in, he's dialed in. But that's like kind of all he knows, right? It's a it it's been ingrained in him since he literally like was born. Yeah, no, I think it the dynamics are different from probably family to family and you know like the perfectionist versus being nuts you know like that's uh you know i, I think it, it could be a trend but i also do feel like you know the the younger brothers do have to play up and the older brothers have to kind of pave the way like mm -hmm. you did by and my brother did 
Um, Absolutely. But yeah, we no, tried. we tried. Yeah, no, I think it's a great, uh, great kind of topic to to kick around over the campfire, you know. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I get the next one here. Hot stove that all night. I know, right? Who was better? You know? Yeah, but we'll we'll get Rob and Keith together. Oh God, <laughs> talk. It'd <laughs> be some serious war stories for sure. Uh, all right, I get this one here. For various reasons, our U twelve team is a product of two combined teams. One team was significantly better than the other. Now we have a mix of skilled upper B and A players, about eight kids, with the others being fairly new to hockey, seven kids at about a lower B2 level. The practice needs to needs of these two groups is obviously very different. We have a full sheet of ice to practice on, and 50% of the time I split them up to really challenge the more skilled players while focusing on basic fundamentals to try and, quote-unquote, catch up the less skilled. The rest of the time I combine them to make sure uh, all feel a part of the full team. I really don't want a sense of two teams to develop. When coaching them all as a group, the flow of the practice is completely lost as even the simplest of drills comes a major challenge to run as intended. However, we need these combined moments to prepare as best we can for games we, we play as a full group. How do you guys recommend coaching this varied group to make sure both groups are challenged, having fun, and getting better, but also not separated and developing a sense of separation or us and them within the team? We have done team building outside the rank, and the kids all get along well, so that is not an issue. Thank you for any input you guys may have, and that's from Jeff and Quincy. Yeah, it's good. It, it, I mean, that's tough, right? Um it's tough, especially if there is such a drastic drop-off like it's being explained here. But I would try to intermingle them as much as possible in small area games, different things like that. Obviously, um, you know, the, that U12 age group, right? So maybe, you know, you're going to have to start introducing some different breakouts and some line rushes and going over different things like that. So those can be some of the full ice type drills that that you work on. But You've got to really, you know, you got your work cut out for you mm -hmm. with building up those, those, that lower level, right? Those B2 type kids. And it's, you know, maybe it's just, I mean, I, I don't think you're doing much wrong by kind of splitting them up at times and just really focusing on the fundamentals of the game with those kids, like simple skating, passing, um, you know, just learning the game, right? Is, is, is really important. And hopefully those guys can, um, you know, catch up and it's, a, it's, it's October, it's a long season. And I think you'll be shocked at, at some of the pr improvement by, you know, Christmas time. Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, you're up against it a bit, but I, you're doing a good job right now. I, I, I really do feel that way, you know, just even with the team building outside the rank and just being aware that you don't want to cause that divide, but, you know, maybe, you know, just my advice would be set up stations. Yep that you know you can mix the kids in or you can still keep kind of like that say more skilled group like you know in certain stations but everyone should still be mastering the basic basics you know so like having a passing station having a you know a skating agility or whatever it is but like you can rotate them around so everyone's doing the same everybody's stuff. doing the same thing exactly yep yeah instead of doing the split 50 50 on the uh, i mean like you know down one end um for 50% of the practice. I think that's just an idea. And then, you know, like you said, like when you integrate, you're going to have going to have to have some patience with the execution because, you know, you're going to be playing them in a game as well. So, right. um, you know, so I, I think, 
you know, as a coach, it's it's tough sometimes because you don't want to always coach to the lower level, but you also have to because sometimes the top end kids aren't getting as much because, you know, I've been through that and I sometimes you have to coach up, you know, two different ways at times, but, but then collectively making sure everyone knows what, what is expected. But I think that breaking it up to stations would be, you know, one of the more beneficial things that you could do to keep everyone involved and everyone's doing the same thing. Like whether it be a simple passing drill, simple agility, skating, shooting, whatever it is. And those, those smaller type stations, right? So say you did, you know, if you have the the coaches um, to be able to do it, if you did three to four stations, yeah. now those passing drills aren't like, you're not screwing up an entire drill being like, oh, like we can't complete a pass. Like it's, it's that smaller area, it's shorter passes, and it's really, you know, diving in and working on those, those fundamental plays, which is really important. It's not like you're screwing up everybody else in the line yeah. right like all well, and they're getting more guys. reps too they're getting yeah. more reps absolutely yeah, yeah it's kind of like bringing it back to that that adm model right that youth um development model with it's just young kids reps getting on the, the their edges passing skills all that stuff and and you, you you do have to um mix in some some team stuff but hopefully that you coach those guys up and they get better but um good question for sure yeah no, yeah, it's, it's really good. Good stuff. Uh, TSR Hockey is located up in tax-free Salem, New Hampshire, where they stock everything, Bauer, CCM, you name it. Uh, you can hit them up online, tsrhockey.com, for all your shopping needs. Or if you're in Salem, New Hampshire, make sure you check out the store. If you need to get in touch with the team store, it would you know, make you look really, really good for the season. Um, you call up 603-912-5970. Again, 603-912-5970. Ask for Micah, Dave, and they will hook you up. Uh, they'll have you looking unbelievable, right, Mots? That's right. Yeah, Friday night we had a practice, and Ryan comes down and, and, and snaps a twig on a one-timer. I'm like, oh, nice, Ryan make a trip up and uh, mm-hmm. go see our boys at TSR hockey. And then he, he's telling me that he has a cracked uh, shin pad. And I'm like, Oh, is that why you want getting in shooting lanes? Oh, that explains the old flamingo. <laughs> yeah. Right. Will he run over with this car? You know, you didn't block a shot. <laughs> no. So uh, yeah, he'll be making a trip up there uh, relatively soon, but make sure you check him out at tsrhockey.com If you're not in the area, it's funny you say it too. It's literally as, um, we started recording here. Colin's packing his bag for, for tomorrow night because of school and all that stuff. And he's like giving them the flex of the elbow pad. Like, like it's coming undone. And I'm like, I'm looking at him like, what are you trying to tell me? You need new elbow pads? Like, here we go. It's it. Yeah. it it's always something, but those guys, uh, they, they do a great job and they take care of us. Um, all right. I got the next one. I guess the question in youth hockey is, um, should we be using the word elite by youth hockey? I would say square it down. I think I'm fine with triple A, double A, A, B, etc. I feel like the only people getting anything out of the word are the parents. I watch the town hockey kids buzzing around, having fun, and not caring about anything but that tourney and mini stick fun. And that's what I try to drill in my kid's head. He's 10 and, uh, and really is at an elite level. But I won't let him play for that, um, for that sake, or uh, of ju- of being 
branded for basically my satisfaction. He plays Town A and Vikings hockey since he was a mite. I am his biggest fan. Always posting pics of him and cool videos. I think part of raising an athlete is managing your own expectations and understanding athlete first, hockey player second. Your kid will tell you when and if they want or need more. That's when the word elite is a factor. Usually the kids realize at 11, 12 years old, they're good at something. Think the word should have real purpose, not just ego being satisfied. Love the programs my son's in, and so does he. That is all I care about. Hundreds of coaches and parents have asked him to jump ship, but really he's happy and plays in summer tournaments with the so-called elites and really holds his own. So I believe you get out of you get out of it what you put into it. Would love to hear more talk about this. Thank you. I would just say, uh, I mean, the, the elite term is it is kind of uh, it is a little over the top. But, you know, it's just kind of one of those things where, you know, people attach, you know, be playing on the top team to that because that's what it's been uh, been called for a number of years. But I don't I mean, it's it sounds like, you know, you have a decent handle on it with the arcade. And, you know, as as far as we're, uh, you know, on the topic, you know, it, as long as he's playing at uh, the you know talent and, you know, age appropriate, it's, um, you know. His development will be fine, but I mean, at the end of the day, you want him to be playing at the highest level he can. So, I'm not sure, um, you know, if it's just kind of like this situation where you have a you know kind of a axe to grind against that, you know, you know certain elite level, or it's just you know it, it's just kind of interesting because like you know he's saying he's his biggest fan, and he wants to do what he said, you know, and then he said he was elite. Yeah, so I, but he doesn't like the term. So I don't know. I mean, no, you know, it's it, 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 it. Let's face it. Like it's a business. Like is anybody elite in in, in anything? No, like, no. you know, it, it it's no, not not at twelve it, years old. Not at twelve years old. And there's you know this like yeah, I watched that under eighteen. Oh, he's team. ten. He's right, 10. right. He's ten. Um, he. Like, yeah, you're elite. Like, I watched Eisenman and those guys play. Like, you, you could call them elite, right? And I'm mm-hmm. sure when most of those guys were younger, they were uh, those so-called elite players. But, again, it's a status thing. I think parents definitely do get caught up in it. Yeah. Um, and it should be about having fun and playing with friends and, and you know, playing at the right level that that's appropriate and having a good time with your buddies, right? Playing town, playing for the Vikings. But, like, great. But I'm pretty sure that that the Vikings probably call themselves elite too, right? Or uh, you know, like everybody just throws that 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 term is used very loosely uh, at at all these different programs. And if there was a, a super duper elite, there would be <laughs> a, a, a super duper elite. Or if there's a word that's above elite in the dictionary, mm. it'll be coming out next, right? I remember sitting when I was a director in the EHF, and it was elite and triple a and then the triple so so they made at that point the the triple a programs parents were looking at that negatively so that's when they were saying oh that's not good enough right like but we were growing up the top level was triple a right yeah and there was just one team and there was just one team um so then you have you know so so again i i remember sitting in in these meetings and 
or all right, so now we're going to call the second level tier one. And then there's going to be a triple A. And then there's in that triple A or whatever. Now there's like gold, platinum, silver, bronze, like all these different divisions, right? So I think we don't have to like it. Again, it's a business, right? Especially here in Massachusetts. Um, the, and people just throw titles on things, right? So uh, it, we could talk about it again for a hundred hours and we're yeah. never going to come to a conclusion. But I think for this question in particular, your kid loves the game. You love bringing him to the rink. Yeah. You're not too concerned about the elite status. Uh, he's playing at the, the, you know, in his town with his buddies, he's playing on another t- team. So it's like, Hey, you, you're seem to me like you're in a pretty good spot, you know? And, and then if it comes time, 11, 12 years old, when he wants to, um, try out for one of these so-called elite teams, or maybe doesn't, right? Maybe he just wants to stay put where he is. Then that that's great. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with like, you know, that not being used at certain ages, but, um, you know, that's what it is. And, you know, there's, there's programs out there that, you know, market a certain way and, you know, it's worked for a bit and, uh, no, uh, no level of like pushback from us is going to be, no, you know, kinda, I mean, I've had arguments with parents when I was, when I was running programs, like, oh, my kid's an elite player. I'm like, I'm pretty sure he, like, he still rides in the back seat of the car and, you know, probably still climbs into, to, to bed with mommy and daddy, um, <laughs> you know, in the middle of the night because he's hearing whatever, like he had a nightmare or maybe like potentially still wets the bed, like, but you're attaching that elite level label to him at six, seven years old. Like, let's <laughs> let's rethink pump, things here. Yeah, you know, like like brakes. like pump the brakes. I mean, I the infamous jump rope story guy, right? The guy came up to me. I think I forget what age it was, and it, you know, I think I told it on Chicklets back in the day, right? But it was like you know, the guy's in there, he's jumping rope, and he's like, "Oh, my kid's trying out for ages two te- two years up from him." I'm like, "He's five years old. Like, what are you talking about? Like, elite? <laughs> he's five. Like yeah. the kid can barely even, whatever. Like, can't even make his own toast. We're yeah. talking about like he's he's this elite status. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah, that's the way it is right now. But appreciate you, you chiming in and filling us in on on your son and his situation. But t- totally agree with the uh, you know the, the term, even though it's not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's it. It ain't going anywhere. That's for sure. Yeah. I got the next one here. We got uh, what advice can you give uh, to a U14 goalie whose team and facility have no goalie coach? The facility manager says they will get a goalie coach, but all that has been provided is one of the bench coaches providing some very basic skills training and sending out YouTube videos. It's tough for the goalie to develop skills and improve when no goalie-specific training is provided. Practices are spent with players running their drills and shooting on the goalie, but there's no love for the goalie. Other facilities nearby are also slim on goalie coaches. We are in Georgia, so it's a tough situation all around for the goalies here. Yeah, it's a, that's definitely a tough um, – it's definitely hard, right? But I think if the organization is making the effort, right, and sending out YouTube videos and you can really focus on, on those things on and off the ice when you do get some time or maybe the coaches – are, are taking the kids and doing some skating drills at the beginning of practice. 
Um, and you can, you, you know, you have five, 10 minutes to yourself. You can remember those drills and work on them. Uh, I think, you know, all those different movements is really important and that's what you have to do, right? You gotta, you gotta find ways and be creative. And Mots, I know we always talk about like, you know, when you are getting those shots in practice, like really focusing in on, on, you know, certain, a certain number of shots, like obviously if you're getting peppered, like one shot after another, after another, after another, like, you know, it becomes difficult, but like work on things, work on rebound control, work on, um, you know, whatever it is, uh, and, and, and do what you can that's best for you. Right. Like it is a challenge. Yeah. I mean, I would say, I don't think anything replaces actual instruction from a coach, yeah. but if, if they're trying to do their best and, and try to give some very basic skills and maybe some more advanced YouTube stuff, and that's the best you're going to be getting uh, because of the, the area you're in or the, the uh, program that you're with, then, you know, you're going to have to live with it. But, you know, to your point, Brian, it's like, you know, the, the net's not moving, the crease is painted, you know, <laughs> you, you work on your angles, you know, I was like, I have healthy scratch, you know, like a mid-season black gaze pretty much mm -hmm. towards the end of my uh, career. And I was more of like a goalie coach assistant, you know, so I was, <laughs> I was like the shooter. So, like, I got a bunch of really good drills if, you know, you, you want to uh, give me a buzz. But um, I think – but the, but similar to what you said, there's so much access now online and things. And I think a lot of these high-end goalie coaches, I know that around here, right, that the, the – you know, I, I don't want to name off all the names, right? Because no free ad reads. But um, you know, I'm sure that they could do some different things if you, you know, and design something. Yeah, yeah, if you reach out to some of these, um, you know, some of these goalie coaches, like there's a lot of them, and they would be willing to do some design, some you know, specific to what you're doing, or at least talk about the mental side and the mental approach yeah. to practices and and those type of things. No, I I, I agree with that. That's um. One of the things that, you know, it's a very specific and, you know, uh, this this person here said very specific uh, training to that position. It's not like any other position on the ice. Right. So um, getting some good reps, good instruction and like just reinforcing the positives. Um, I think it's the most important position on the ice. Yeah. You know, if you, you know, you can build from the goal out, you know, you can build a good team. So um yeah I, I like your advice on that brian um reach out to maybe someone in that area or even remotely being right. able to um give some little higher higher end uh instruction if that's uh what you choose to do and at the end of the day it's about competing and keeping pucks out of your net right yeah like tim thomas wasn't very technically sound but it, you know he, he stopped the puck quite a bit yeah he seemed to do all right, all right. um yeah. It is my like street hockey pads on sliding all over the place. Franklin, Franklin street hockey pads. Oh, yeah, yeah, Franklin. Franklin street hockey pads. <laughs> Edit that out. <laughs> uh, all right, Spox is the at-homer on the road skate shopping machine. We had a little bit of an issue with the uh, BY Mots promo code, but that is back. You can use it with the new sharpener they have and everything. So, again, BY Mots for $50 off your Spark sharpener. Uh, Sparks is that at-home. Uh, or on the road skate shopping machine that will never fail. Uh, it, it's the gift that keeps on giving. It gives you a great shopping every single time you get on the ice. You step on something, you, you, you nick an edge, you get that machine, it's ready to go. 
and you take care of things. I know you know one of my boys, they had a, the multiple games this weekend, lost an edge in the game. It was like right to the house. Boom, buzz the skates and ready to go on Sunday without having to worry about going to a pro shop, which can be a pain in the butt looking at hours, you know? Yeah, I know. And make sure you use that BY Mots and apologize if uh, anyone gave it a shot and uh, it didn't work, but it's up and running uh, for the new model of the Sparks Sharpener now. So make sure you head on over to sparkshockey.com, pick up your machine. I actually went into the uh, shed and grabbed some new boots um new I old would, boots yeah i mean uh bry gibbons uh you know he's like what are those like the you know vapor tens you know <laughs> <laughs> i'm like no i'd like to, to see i'm not the only one torturing you about your gear <laughs> yeah so uh i threw him on the sparks machine got him uh nice and sharp got out there they and, hadn't been uh, shotted since shopping since uh 2014 <laughs> 14. So I um I didn't heat so them up. So 10 years. I mean, so like they're a little oven or something. Yeah, they're 10 years old. But they know. 10 years old. Yeah. Know. Exactly. It's a, the new so old be, I'm going to be buzzing. I'm going to be buzzing. Yeah, you are. Wow, I, I can't believe you still had them. Uh, all right. Hi, gentlemen. I hope you had a safe trip to Detroit. I did. It was great. Thank you. Uh, further, I hope you had to lose yourself in mom's spaghetti. I wasn't. Uh, so that was a that was a problem. I wish I was able to, but uh, maybe next time. My son is also a 2011, and the AAA Michigan teams are no joke. My son is happy to be on a AA team that regularly plays up against some of the AAA Detroit area teams. Uh, he enjoys the spirited losses. This is a follow-up to the drama our son went through last year. Uh, thank you for including my uh, email in a previous episode. Uh, we ended up pulling our son from the toxic team at the midseason point, dispute, despite the financial consequence uh, consequences. It was the best check I have ever wrote. <laughs> Perhaps it was fu money, but it was worth every penny to gain his release. Our son took about a two-month break from hockey, allowing himself to recalibrate his mind. The coaches from the toxic team uh, have now been demoted to roles as assistant coaches who have been assigned a babysitter, a head coach, as the program director saw this as the best way to curtail their uh, antics. My son is back on his age-appropriate team, not playing up, developing as well as a hockey player, athlete, and person. The lessons learned uh, from being a member of a team have been great for our son. This season, our son took a chance to attempt a second sport during the hockey season, that being cross country, he struggles with time demands for two sports, but cross country is ending soon. Uh, this is his first ever non-team sport. He races against the course and the time clock. Of course, there are other runners too, but it's not like he can look at a teammate for an assist or to depend on the goalie to save the game. I believe it is great for our team-oriented athletes to play individualized sports such as cross country, golf, etc., uh, what are your thoughts on the psychological benefits of solo sports? Also, please keep the guests like Danielle McDonough coming. One of my son's teammates, mom played for a rival uh, at Providence and speaks very highly of Danielle and her message and book. Uh, thank you. And that is from Jim in Michigan. That's great. Uh, you know, glad you uh, squared things away with your son and, and things are back on track, but you know, getting into some of the um, 
you know, individualized versus team sports, it's kind of interesting, um, you know, that psychological and mental toughness um, really does need to be, you know, first and foremost when you're just dealing with yourself, right? So I I have a story of uh, a buddy of mine, James Driscoll, who played on the PGA Tour, and, you know, we grew up playing hockey together, and I I asked him one time, I was like, would you rather, you know, be on the PGA Tour or be in the NHL? And he said the PGA because he could play until he was, you know, older and still make right. money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously he was, he was way better. But, you know, I, I just gave him the choice. But I go, well, I, I get that. But if you have a bad game, you don't you don't make money, you don't make cuts, whatever. If I have a bad game, I'm dash two, like we can still win. Or if I make a bad play, my teammate can come over and, and pick me up. And that's why, like, I, I love the team sports. But it is, you know, from Jim here, like it is important to kind of know both and right. that mental kind of toughness that we, you know, we talk about and being able to respond. And you have to be able to do that in an individual uh, eyes sport, you know, such as cross country or golf or whatnot. So I think that it's a great point to bring up. Um, yeah. But I, I, I chose hockey because of the, you know, all the mistakes that I make and, and we can still win the game. Yeah, and we can rely on other people to pick us up. Yeah, um, and then when someone else messes up, you pick them up. You know, it's like exactly, exactly. Cool no, and hockey's a game of mistakes, right? We always say it, and that's like one of the cool things is that you're, you know, it's it's about the team. Um, no individual team, right? Like w- no individual wins championships, right? It's it, it's a team game, and that's why we love hockey. But I, I I really like the point about like the individualistic, like the the you know playing tennis, right? Playing um, you know playing golf, playing pickleball, playing you know running cross country. Like you know I've been doing a bit of running too, and it is such a mental grind mm-hmm. on your like for yourself personally, right? Because it's like okay. Like, it's just you and the road, right? There's no excuse. There's, you know, you're running up a hill, right? And it, you know, or or whatever. Cross country is like a little different course, right? But it's like, it's you versus that hill. And like, you've got to get up it. And how, I think it really does preach the the mental toughness um, part of sports, right? And I think a lot of that, like, you know, I know personally, like, I learned right through hockey and being mentally tough and, and, and being part of a team. And, you know, like it, 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 I, I, I think it's a great point. Cause it, like Jim said, like they can coexist and you can definitely take some of those trying times of an individual sport and it's very translatable, right? Like you talk about transferable skills, like the mental aspect of it is just as important as, as everything else. Right. You took, you know, a lot of times we talk about it as like baseball, right? You're the, you know, you're the the batter, like it's basically an individual sport. Like you're up at bat, like you're not, you can't rely on anybody else to come up and hit the ball or lay down a bunt for you or whatever, right? It's you versus the pitcher. And, um, you know, yeah, is there some team, more team in it than some of those other sports? Absolutely. But it's, there. you know, again, exposing yourself to more sports, cross country. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I think that's fantastic. I love it. Yeah, and even going back to like when I was training, you know, like on the bike or running or like you're saying up a hill, or and that clock is is kind of what you're competing against. You yeah. know, you're competing against yourself 
but the clock is kind of like the, you know, the guy that, you know, the telltale, right? right. Um, and that, those, those times when you beat the, beat your times and whatnot, it's like very rewarding and it wants you pushes it pushes you a little bit more, but that's all self-driven. Yeah. So that's, um, you know, I, this is a great, uh, kind of check-in Jim, and we appreciate you, uh, tuning in and, and, um, you know, writing in, uh, some, some, uh, thoughts and, giving us an update so appreciate well, it because like you said too months just like as you get older right and you know you, you you hit okay that to those teenage years well now you're starting to work out you're starting to lift weights all that type of stuff like now you're going to really see the mental side of it too and like how hard can you put push yourself right to to get better and that's all that's individual right like as you're working out like are you going to cheat it? Are you going to, are you going to, are you going to be the guy that's cutting corners or are you going to put the effort in and, uh, and, you know, see the results potentially that, that if, if you do, if you work at it, you'll, you'll get it right. And a lot of that is like the mental makeup and, um, you know, learning how to, to, to deal with that grind. So it's, uh, it's good. It's, you know, I think that's going to help, um, you know, his son's overall maturity and he's going to benefit from him all day long. Absolutely. Um, good stuff here. I, I think, uh, what do we got? Oh, my hockey rankings question of the week, Mots. Uh, myhockeyrankings.com. Obviously, go there and see where your team stacks up against the rest. Uh, we've had some great questions here, so let's get into this. Uh, how are the overall association rankings calculated on myhockeyrankings.com? Is it an average of the ratings for the top team at each age group? Um, and we went right to the source, right? March, you want to read the answer? Yeah, so it's another great question from a range rank listener. And uh, my hockey rankings calculates each ranking category slightly differently in order to maximize the number of organizations that qualify. At the USA youth level, we average the team ratings of a club's top two Bantam teams, top two Peewee teams, and top squirt team. At the USA midget level, we average the team ratings of a club's top two midget age teams. At the girl, at the USA girls level, we average the team ratings of a club's top U19, U16 team, top U14 team, and top uh, U12 team. At the Ontario youth and girls levels, we average the team ratings of a club's top team at each level. It's pretty. I actually, I didn't know that they did the two teams. That's pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah. No. It. Uh, that. That really is. It's. Uh, it, like this. So much. Uh, so much math going on here, right? Like, and, and it, it's, you can take your shoe off. Yeah. Absolutely. But uh, no, they these the like. It's unbelievable these questions and and you know the guys at myhockeyrankings.com like you know some people like they they talk about the rankings and ratings and all that stuff but like they have such a great formula and and they they factor in all these different variables and do a do a really good job with it they do. Yeah, no it, they really do and you know and again I I liked last week's about you know the empty net goals and and why they don't factor right. them in and um did you pull the goalie yeah, how many this weekend? Seconds were, uh, no, I didn't. We were tied and we're, you know, I think down three at the time. So I was like, no, it didn't even it uh, come into my mind. 
Yeah, you don't want to go down four though. That might that might affect you a little more negatively. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, no, at the end of it, it was, um, you know, it's great to have like the access to these guys, and you know, we appreciate everyone, um, you know, logging on to myhockeyrankings.com and sending in questions that could be answered uh, very quickly from from the uh, the guys behind the curtain. Absolutely. Um, Mott, some great questions here, obviously, uh, you know, really great, um, you know, conversations with the, with, with all these, uh, you know, with hockey season is, is up and running, right? So it was good chatting a little NHL and, and now all these questions, keep them coming in. Uh, it's much appreciated and really, you know, helpful to talk about. And we try to provide as many answers as we possibly can, right? Do we have them all? Uh, and could some of them, could we sit here and debate about them for, for, hours and hours absolutely right and right. you know could we hot stove it someday sitting at a at a restaurant for like 10 hours yeah probably right about <laughs> so many of these different things but uh it, it's it, it's great conversation i think a lot of people have uh a lot of similar questions so it, it really is we appreciate the guests uh i'm sorry the the um you know the listeners reaching out and and, and sending in these questions it really is fantastic yeah, and I think it's it's great engagement. You know, number one, you're listening and you have your own kind of personal situations that hopefully we can shed some light on. And, you know, again, it's just kind of like how we would approach a certain situations, but uh, it's fun to kind of have that interaction. So keep them coming. Yeah. Um, before we go here, I wanted to give a shout out to uh, Trisha Keenan Matera. Uh, she was diagnosed with breast cancer and she's a hockey mom. She's a fighter. She's got three boys that are playing. She's got a really, you know, strong supporting uh, husband and Tom who's, uh, you know, going to be there with her along with their boys every step of the way. I know their oldest son, Thomas, is an 09 and plays with the militia. He's a, he's a freshman over at Roxbury Latin. So, our, uh, you know, our prayers are with Trisha and, and we, you know, hopefully she's uh, fighting this, uh, this nasty disease very strongly. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if, uh, you know, the, the boys take after mom, they're going to be tough on the ice, right? So, you know, just uh, keep your head up, Trisha, and uh, fight the good fight and you're going to come through. Yeah, we know that uh, she'll beat this. That's for sure. So, um, you know, but again, our prayers are with you, Trisha, and 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 best of luck with your treatment. Um, Mots, once again, thank you to to all the listeners, uh, to everybody chiming in. Uh, this has been a great episode, and we also wanted to uh, remind you that this show was presented to you by Bet Online. And it's time to cue the rink shrink shuffle jersey. Oh, oh, oh.